Welcome to Hometown Paranormal, where everything is fake and nothing is real, but every hometown gets its own paranormal story. My name is Kristen Kozlowski, and I'm the creator of this podcast. For every episode, I will make up a strange paranormal story set in an actual place and tell it to you. Welcome to November where we will be moving on from ghost stories and on to other paranormal anomalies. So I hope you liked October and I hope you will stick with me till the end of the year. As always, thank you for tuning in and for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map. Today's episode is The Trees of Houghton, Michigan. Adam McKinley was a big, dark man with a big, dark beard. He lived alone in an old square house in Houghton, Michigan. Every day, he rose just before sunup, pulled on a pair of jeans and a warm flannel, and lumbered out of his house where he lived alone. He ambled to the corner of his street where he sat on a bench alone and waited for the number six bus to collect him and bring him to work in the large factory on the other side of town. This was Adam's routine five days a week for the last 35 years, and this morning was no exception. The sun was just beginning to peak over the horizon when Adam lumbered down the street, which was lined with the thin saplings of oak trees that the city had planted in the spring, hoping to liven up the town and draw tourists from southern Michigan. Adam walked alone to the bus stop and sat alone on the bench as he waited for the number six bus to round the corner and take him to work. It was a day like any other day, but that night wasn't a night like any other night. That night, just as Adam was lying down to go to sleep, a storm blew into the upper peninsula. The wind was fierce and howled through the town like a lost pup. The air crackled with electricity, and the tree limbs bent under the ferocity of the storm. Sometime during the night, when the moon was covered by thick clouds and the town was swept up in darkness, Adam woke to the sound of a loud crack and then a rumbling thud that shook the bones of his house and made his windows rattle. Adam lumbered to the window and drew back the curtain to see that the old apple tree in his yard had succumbed to the storm. It was lying on the grass with its stump sticking up from the ground like a buoy on the sea. The shock wave that passed through his house died down and all that remained was the howling wind. Adam's old house creaked and groaned against the storm as if the house were sad. And Adam felt sad too sad that the old apple tree that had survived so many storms had fallen. The old tree had been a good tree, standing tall all these years and offering Adam fruit from its branches season after season. Adam sensed that it was the end of something great, and he felt sadness settle over him, as sadness did every time Adam faced change, which wasn't very often. 
Eventually, the storm faded, and the town of Houghton fell silent once more. The fouling day, as Adam lumbered towards the bus stop on the corner of his street, he decided that he'd dismantle the fallen tree that evening when he returned home from work. And with that decision behind him, Adam made his way to the corner to wait for the number six bus to arrive. But that morning, Adam wasn't alone on the bench. That morning, a short, thin man with a receding hairline sat beside Adam. The man looked smaller than a grown man should and thinner too, like a strong breeze could carry him away. But there was no wind today, not like there was the night before, and so Adam thought the man was safe from being blown into the next town. The man wore a thin suit and a large smile as Adam collapsed onto the bench, which shook beneath Adam's large frame. Next to the tiny man, Adam looked like a great bearded giant. Some storm we had last night, the man said to Adam. He spoke like they were old friends, even though Adam had never seen the man before. The saplings took it well, though, the man said, nodding towards the row of trees lining the street. The roots are strong and their trunks are flexible, a benefit of youth, the man said. He looked pleased as he assessed the young trees from his spot beside Adam on the bench. Adam studied the row of saplings lighting the street. In truth, he hadn't given them much thought since the town had planted them in the spring, but they had fared the storm well, much better than the old apple tree in his yard, Adam thought, and so he nodded at the short man before climbing onto the number six bus and traveling the rest of his way towards work. When Adam arrived home, he spent the evening in his yard with a chainsaw in his hands, cutting through the limbs of the fallen tree. What he could use for kindling in his fire pit, he placed in an outside bin that he had for that purpose. What he could use for his fireplace inside the house through the winter, he stacked beside his door. He left the fallen apples for the animals that ambled through his yard from time to time. One last gift from the old apple tree to the natural world around it. Adam thought that this would make his old apple tree happy, although he realized that maybe that was a crazy thought. That night, Adam woke to the sound of something. He laid still in bed listening what was it that he was hearing? It sounded like crying, like the tearful sobs of a woman, although no woman lived with Adam and no woman had lived with him since his sweet wife died in a tragic accident 15 years prior. But he heard the sound of a woman crying and he felt a deep sadness settle over him. For a moment, Adam thought that the house was crying, but he realized that that was a silly thought. His house wasn't crying. And so Adam climbed out of bed to investigate. 
When Adam walked towards the front of the house, the crying grew quiet until he couldn't hear it at all. And when he walked towards the back of the house where his bedroom was, the crying grew louder. But he realized pretty quickly that the crying wasn't coming from inside his house. The crying was coming from outside. And so Adam pulled on his boots and a jacket and he went outside. There was no one around. All the houses around him sat dark and silent in the night air. Adam followed the sound of the sobs, listening quietly between steps to make sure he was going in the right direction. After several steps, he found himself at the stump of the old apple tree, which jutted out of the earth like a giant thumb. At the base of the tree sat someone. It took Adam a minute to understand what he was seeing. It looked like an old woman, but she was tiny, no bigger than a small doll. She was draped in thin black fabric that dipped right into the earth and covered her like a dress and a shawl all at once. Her creased face hung in sorrow and she cried soulful tears that dropped from her eyes onto the base of the tree trunk. When she looked at Adam, tilting her wrinkled face towards him, her sobs came faster and she cried harder. Adam could feel her sadness and although he didn't ask her what was wrong, he knew that she was crying for the old apple tree which had blown down in the storm. He could tell from the way that she sat against the trunk that the tree had been her home, although Adam couldn't imagine how, but he knew in his bones that she was grieving the loss of her home the way Adam had grieved the loss of his wife all those years before. You see, that sort of grief transcends language. It's a grief so deep that it can be passed from person to person without words and without thoughts. It's an energy that travels from the deepest parts of our hearts. And Adam understood that energy. He understood that grief. Now, Adam was a quiet man and so he did the only thing he could think to do, which was to sit beside the tiny old woman at the base of the tree trunk. So he lowered his large frame onto the ground and leaned his wide shoulders against the stump. He didn't speak because he knew that no words could ease her grief. And he didn't fall asleep because he wasn't tired sitting outside in the cool air as what was left of his old tree pressed against his back like a steady friend. When the birds woke and began singing in the dark morning, Adam didn't get up. And when the sun peeked its head over the horizon and began shining down on Houghton, Adam didn't get up. And when the number six bus chugged up the street to the bus stop on the corner, Adam wasn't waiting to climb onto it. For the first time in 35 years, Adam wasn't going to work. Instead, he was sitting against an old tree stump while a tiny, doll-sized woman grieved beside him.
the sun rose and fell. The day came and went. And still Adam sat beside the tiny old woman against the old tree stump. Sometime after the stars began speckling the darkness and the town grew quiet and still, Adam heard a shuffling sound. From where he sat in his yard, he could see the street in front of his house, and what he saw surprised him. The short man with a thin suit who had joined him at the bus stop the day before was walking down the street. No, not walking. He was skipping. He was skipping down the street. When the short man was in clear view of Adam, he suddenly stopped. He looked right at Adam, smiling the whole time. Then the short man looked at the young sapling standing along the street in front of Adam's small house. The short man looked from Adam to the tree and back to Adam. He did this three times, very slowly, very methodically. After the third time, the man tipped his head towards Adam as if bidding him good night, and then he skipped away, continuing down the street. It was an odd thing to do, Adam thought, but then again the whole day had been odd, and if Adam thought about it, the days and nights since the storm had all been odd. From the violent storm to the tiny sobbing woman to the skipping man, Everything that week had been odd, and Adam had felt odd too, as if something was off in his equilibrium, as if something was off in his energy. Hadn't he felt overrun with sadness the night the old apple tree had fallen? And hadn't he felt overcome with grief when he stumbled upon the tiny old woman crying at the foot of the tree stump in his yard? There was something odd going on all around, Adam decided, as he sat in the dark. But then it occurred to him that maybe the short man was trying to say something to Adam. Maybe he was trying to show him something. Adam felt a nagging in his gut. It felt like there was a string attaching his insides to the world outside and that string was being pulled, like the string inside of him wanted him to follow it. It wanted to show him something. And so, for the first time since the night before, Adam stood up, climbed to his feet with great effort, and Adam followed where the pull in his gut led. And it led him to a tree, the tree near the street that the short man had stopped near. And suddenly, Adam knew what he needed to do. How did he know what he needed to do? Adam couldn't say, but he did. He just knew. Back at the old tree stump, Adam carefully lifted the tiny crying woman into his hands. At first, he wasn't sure that he could because it looked like her thin black shawl was growing right out of the ground. But the earth seemed to release the fabric as soon as Adam lifted the woman into his arms. Carefully, 
quietly, Adam lumbered towards the young sapling near the street. Then carefully, quietly, Adam placed the tiny old woman beside the young tree. The tiny old woman looked at the sapling, which stood tall over her small frame. A light breeze blew down the street, air that was soft and gentle and smelled sweet like the scent of apples. The tiny old woman placed her hand against the trunk of the sapling. She ran her small fingers over the smooth bark. Then the tiny old woman smiled. She smiled at the young tree and although it felt impossible to Adam, he could have sworn that the young tree smiled back at the tiny old woman. And then the tiny old woman began to change. The creases in her face smooth and the dark shawl covering her head turned to bright blonde locks of hair. The woman's clothes shifted from black to green and her eyes brightened into two shining gems that sparkled like stars against the night sky. When her transition was complete, a tiny young sprite stood where a tiny old woman once was. She looked young and beautiful, just like the tree she stood by. The tiny sprite looked at Adam and smiled. She didn't speak because she didn't have to. Joy is just as easy an emotion for two beings to exchange as grief is, and Adam could feel the sprite's joy radiating off of her. Adam and the sprite stood facing each other for a long time, each smiling at the other in silent understanding, before the tiny sprite moved her hand down the length of the sapling's trunk. A soft, gold light glowed along the trail the sprite's hand had made against the bark. It looked like a zipper unzipping. And with one last smile, the tiny sprite walked through the opening she'd created with her hand, walked through the opening into the tree trunk, and disappeared from view. Once she was gone, the glowing golden light disappeared too, and for a brief moment, the whole tree seemed to glow a soft gold color before that too faded, and the tree looked like every other tree on the block. And it was just like every other tree on the block. But every morning, as Adam passed the tree on his way to the corner to catch the number six bus, he could hear something soft coming from the tree. It was as quiet as a whisper, but to Adam, it sounded like a song, a beautiful song that the sprite sang every time Adam walked by. That's it for this episode of Hometown Paranormal. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my podcast, leave a review, and tell a friend about it. If you'd like to get a hold of me, or if you'd like to have your hometown featured on Hometown Paranormal, you can send me a message on Instagram at hometown.paranormal or on Twitter 
at HTParanormal. As a reminder, at Hometown Paranormal, every story is a work of fiction. So, any resemblance to real life people or events is purely coincidental. The only factual piece of information I use is the name of the town and state. So, that's it for today. Thank you for listening and thank you for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map.